All the dialogue is either whispered or screamed. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Oh, my eyes! Everything in the movie is on fire. Am I getting through to you, Alpha? I said, put the bunny back in the box. Calm down, Nick. Let's do our self-esteem exercises where we pay each other compliments. We're gonna have a three-way with a declaration of independence. Welcome, everyone, to the Late Night Fright Faith. It's Monday, and you know what that means. I do. It is Cage Match Monday. Cage Match Monday. This is our new Monday show for the next couple of weeks. We are pitting... 16 Nicolas Cage films against one another to see which is the cagiest. That is 16, not 18. I said 18 quite a bit in our introductory episode. <laughs> and before we get into this, I want to thank my very awesome and cagey co-host for the Godzilla mug that she gave me. I have a new you coffee mug. Godzilla. There we go. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our show on Godzilla, that is available in our back catalog, wherever podcasts are found. I think that was a good episode. So, Faith, what movies do we have in the cage today? We have Vampire's Kiss versus Drive Angry. Ooh, this was a good matchup, wasn't it? This was. <laughs> this was a real good matchup. Now, had you seen either of these films? No. Okay. I saw bits and pieces of Vampire's Kiss, I think. I think maybe just on YouTube. But I've never actually seen. That's a point I'm going to make about the this whole movie. Thing. <laughs> That's right. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's give a little background on Vampire's Kiss. This movie came out June 2nd, 1989. It was directed by Robert Bierman, written by Joseph Minion, who is also the man responsible for After Hours, a Martin Scorsese movie. There is some neat stuff on that movie. Uh, he got accused of some plagiarism with that film, and there's a couple of articles that are up. I'm going to link them. We're going to do show notes for these Cage movies. I'm going to link those in the show notes. But a really interesting backstory on Joseph Minion. The music was by Mr. Colin Towns. The music was one of my favorite aspects of this movie. This uh, movie, when it was released, did not make a lot of money. It made $725,000 at the box office. Wow. Really? Still a lot of money. I would not sneeze yeah, at that. No, no, no. And when you adjust that for inflation, that is $1.6 million. Still, when you're talking about, you know, movies and box office, and there goes my phone. <laughs> there goes R2-D2. We're just going to turn that on. We're going to leave it in. We're just going to leave it in. So uh, still not, not a lot of movie. Uh, so in addition to Nicolas Cage, the stars the very talented Maria Conchita Alonso, Jennifer Beals of Flashdance fame, and Elizabeth Ashley. So let's do a short synopsis. What do you think? Go for it. This movie is basically about a young publishing executive who believes he is turning into a vampire. <laughs> That's about it. And is suffering <laughs> from some kind of mental illness. Yeah. Would you say that about <laughs> covers this movie? That, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I think I did. So this movie, it didn't really set the world on fire, but as you said, it has set the internet on fire. Right. If you look up Nicolas Cage crazy, mm -hmm. most of the images that you find are from this movie. It also dominates the Nicolas Cage crazy search on YouTube as well. There's a lot of compilations of his more, shall we say, over-the-top moments in this film edited together. And they're extremely funny. They are <laughs> extremely funny. So it's an interesting movie, though. 
It, it is interesting. It really is. And Nicolas Cage himself in a GQ video that is up on YouTube, which I highly recommend he goes through his, uh, his film roles going back uh, really to the beginning. And he cites, he talks about this movie and says that it is the favorite of his films that he's made. Christian Bale cites this performance as an inspiration for his own performance in American Psycho. So what do you think about this movie? And what do we think this movie is really all about? Uh, I really liked the movie. I think there were moments that could have been better. I mean, it wasn't terrible. But I was a little lost, if that's the word. Right. It it felt a little, I was grasping for something. I feel like the movie is grasping for something, and I don't want to knock the movie for that. No, no, the movie's not terrible. It's a lot of good ideas that I don't feel come together Right. In a way that they may be intended for mm-hmm. them to come together. I think this movie really does say something about the time in which it was made. Because this is the late 80s. I saw this and I texted this to you when I was watching it. I see this as kind of a, a metaphor for the AIDS epidemic that was going through. You know, like he's, he got infected, mm-hmm. you know, and his, uh, which is the reason for him believing he's a vampire and crazy and all these things. But then also... The movie does say this pretty explicitly. There's the yuppie culture at the time and the emptiness of some of that. And that scene, there's a great scene in the bar where the guys are talking about their retirement plans. And he's just kind of sitting there listening in this kind of empty, fake, false world that he finds himself living in here in the late 1980s in this country. So I think it's that. I think it's also about bad relationships. and. You know, and also then about mental illness. So it's a lot of interesting things that are kind of button up against each other, you know, like almost like a Picasso with the cubism, you know, with like the different, the different blocks, you know, are all there, but they're not really a coherent whole, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that did not take away from my enjoyment of the movie. But it is an odd watch. It's not an easy No, somebody actually, when I told them what I was about to watch, um, they're like, I don't know if you could actually make it through the whole film. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, but I didn't think it was. I didn't, I didn't find it uncomfortable. Um, I think the movie's very well made. And as I said, when I was talking about the Colin Towns score, which was performed, I believe, by the Budapest Orchestra, uh, the music here is phenomenal. Very oh, yeah. operatic and gothic. And I believe they were going for a gothic horror feel, uh, trying to get in some of those uh, the old silent films like Nosferatu, which is cited in the movie. He watches it and then he moves like Max Shrek does uh, in the nightclub scene when he approaches the young woman. And, uh, you know, the gothic look of New York in the beginning. Did you notice all the like pointy stake looking yes. buildings <laughs> and then the, uh, you know, the the smoke rising? Very atmospheric yeah. film. I can't knock the way it's made. It just doesn't feel like it feels like something's not there. And I think the right. biggest issue for me with it is you kind of know off the bat that he's crazy and he's un- he's going through some kind of mental episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would have been a better film if there had been some question whether or not Jennifer Beals, who plays the vampire Rachel, who bites him, whether you she's real or not. Whether There's a question as to whether or not he's really turning into a vampire or if this is in his mind. Of course, this is 30 years after the fact looking back on it. So. Right. 
this movie is what it is and uh the performances here though are great i think everybody oh, I think from so uh cage to the supporting actors maria Cachita alonzo especially impressed me in this movie mm-hmm. as alva the secretary and she is on the end of a lot of those internet memes and the youtube <laughs> uh edits with uh you know the alva <laughs> she plays the secretary <laughs> alva and uh am i getting through to you alva so <laughs> she's great. Jennifer Beals, I think, is is very good in this. And uh, Elizabeth Ashley, who is a graduate of University High here in Baton Rouge and went to LSU also here in Baton Rouge. She is, uh, I think, great as uh, as his doctor. But we're not here to talk about them, are we? Let's talk no. about Nicolas Cage. Um, this acting has been called over the top. What do you think about it? I would I would go there. It is over the top. Um. In the GQ interview, he talked about German Expressionism, and we've talked about German Expressionism on this show quite a bit in relation to some of the older silent films, Batman Returns, The Old Dark House, and Frankenstein that came up. What do you think about what he's doing here? Because essentially, to me, when I was watching it, it feels like a silent movie performance. I could, yeah, I could could agree with that. Very operatic. Yeah. as nutty as this performance is, I don't feel like he's doing it just to be weird. I feel like there is, yeah, I get that. There's a reason for every little thing that he does here, and I really admire what he's doing. As crazy and out there as some of this gets, um, what did, I mean? What did you think about his performance? How did it make you feel when you were watching it? Because it made me laugh. Oh, because it was comical to me. I think if it if he wasn't that way, I think it would have been a whole different movie. So I feel like that was kind of necessary, you know? I do, too. Now, that was one of my my final questions is if somebody else had been in this because Dennis Quaid was originally cast Hmm. and Dennis Quaid's name got funding for this film doing research on this movie. What um, Dennis Quaid's a good actor. I like Dennis Quaid, but it would have been a different movie because he wouldn't have played it this way. No, I, I mean, I could see him maybe being a little over the top but not Nicolas Cage <laughs> because there's no sympathy in what Nicolas Cage is doing here I feel no sympathy for Peter Lowe the Mm-mm. the executive that he's portraying here and um I don't know it's an odd movie it it really it is. is odd if you haven't seen this one I do recommend it mm-hmm. and kind of go into it with a very open mind because it is different and uh the cage factor is I mean relatively I, I, high I went into it seeing the pictures in the clips from YouTube. So I think I already kind of knew <laughs> where I was going, you know, where it was going to go. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it too. I, I it. did like it. Um, what did you, what did you think the movie was about? Like really? Did I you really, any, I really don't know. Just, I honestly do not know. Would, I think I was taking notes. I was like, what is what? <laughs> would you, did you buy my analysis there? Would you buy that for a dollar fifty? I would. I mean, I, I think would. some of that's there. And I know the screenwriter. Yeah, Minion. when you tell it to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see that. But me watching it, I'm right, like, right, right. Uh, I think Minion uh, has said it's about bad relationships. The screenwriter, and I'll buy that one for a dollar fifty two. It's a neat movie, and and I want to say this too: they don't make movies like this anymore. The movies like this don't don't slip out. These yeah. kind of weird art movies like this uh, on this scale. So. True. It was a different time. This is just 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Different time. So well, let's get into it. This is why we're here. Uh, if you listen to the introductory episode, this is old hat to you. But we are scoring these films in the cage match here on in five categories. Overall film, hair, voice, face, and what we are calling the Nouveau Shaman 
Shaman? Shaman. <laughs> shamanic. Nouveau shamanic. <laughs> the nouveau shamanic How about category. we call it the cage factor? <laughs> the cage factor. That's that what I'm calling it. <laughs> Nicholas Cage himself has described in an interview where he talks about the nouveau shamanic. 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 <laughs> the cage factor. That's what no, we're going to call it. And we are scoring these categories up to four Nicks. And we're going to take those totals and we're going to average them out to see which of these films is the cagiest. So... Faith for overall film Vampire's Kiss, I have three nicks. Three as well for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, any reason in particular why you scored it three? I liked the look. I mean, I really liked this movie. I liked the look and the feel of it. I liked the performances. Um, it's just missing it's that just missing one something. thing, and, yeah. and I can't put my finger on it, that one little exactly. thing. Exactly. And it's not quite a horror movie, and it's not quite a black comedy. It's somewhere in the middle. It's that <laughs> one little thing. Uh, like I said, if there had just been more of a question as to whether or not he was really turning into a vampire, I think it would have exactly done something for it. Exactly. Um, our next category is hair. I scored it 2.5 on the hair. I gave it a 2. Ooh, okay. And any reason <laughs> why you gave it the 2? No, not really. It's just... I felt like this was, uh, you know, because he still has his hair here. Right. This is his hair. Normal man his age, thin and out. Uh, but there were some scenes where it would hang down <laughs> yes. and give him the appearance of someone quite uh, different. <laughs> uh, I think I know this next category, how you're going to score it. But go ahead, Faith. Voice. I gave it a four. I gave it a four on voice because he's doing about three different voices here. He's got an affectation as Peter Lowe, which is really funny. And he's got about two of them. He's like almost playing a character. Peter Lowe's almost playing exactly. a character in this movie because he's got this thing like this. And, and then, you know, it's is this is like the baseline almost for like the cage voice, you know, but. But he never really sounds like himself in this, which is interesting. So he is putting on affectation. If we're, if we're going to say time. like, you know, it's not the cage voice, but if we're going to say that we have to find a movie that you have to top a, vo- a weird voice he's doing, I think this is the one to beat. <laughs> I do too. And there's like three of them in here. So this is just like, what? Right. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what you're, how you scored this next category as well. The next category is face, mm-hmm. facial expressions. I also gave it a four. I gave it a four as well, uh, simply for the scene where he's talking to Maria Conchita <laughs> Alonso as Alva, and his eyes get as Bigger. big as the rest of his head. Yes, that's exactly. And that's the very famous one that's out there on the internet with oh, yeah. uh, with you don't say <laughs> that one. <laughs> he is he is really doing some things in this movie that oh, are know. just. I've never seen anybody do things like this in a feature film and get away with it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm <laughs> laughing at it, but I was also kind of in awe of it because I don't see the strings, you know, right. behind him. It exactly. It doesn't feel like overacting. It is overacting, but it's it doesn't feel that way. And it right. all feel like conscious choices. <laughs> so uh, the final category, I think I have a feeling how you scored this one too. <laughs> this is the cage factor. And let's say, do we both do we both give this a four? Oh, I gave it a four. Yeah. This <laughs> is this is I think cage factor defined. I think this is hard. To top cage factor. I mean, this is this, this is this is a definite four. Like this is the baseline, I think, for me. And I was really, <laughs> really excited when this came up first because I was like, "Oh, vampire!" Because this is the cage factor by which all other cage films 
are judged. judged. But this is, I, I do think in its own way, this is a very brilliant performance. I, I think. I think so too. I mean, it's it entertains you. You're like, wow. I mean, right. And he always so feels in control. That's the thing. Like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just so odd. Doesn't that, it's so different? I think that's what you know. Maybe some people could be turned off by or <laughs> you know or what pulls you in I yeah, mean, it's not everybody's cup think, of tea yeah i think you fall either way you have to like really enjoy it or you really can't stand it but i mean right right it's, it's something so it needs to be seen though it really it does. does it's it does. it's something like i said i've seen a lot of movies i've never seen anything quite like this in a movie outside of silent films but they're not talking in those silent right. films so well uh tell me how you like this segue would you like to switch gears what you mean? Talk about another movie. Let's do it. Switch gears. See what I did there? <laughs> yes. So, Faith, what is the next movie that is up in the cage? The next movie is Drive Angry. Drive Angry. And this was mm. one you said you had not seen, correct? Nope. So, a little backstory on Drive Angry. This was released February 25th, 2011. was directed by Patrick Lussier, written by Mr. Lussier and Todd Farmer. It stars Nicolas Cage, of course, Amber Heard, William Fickner, Billy Burke, Tom Atkins, and David Morris. Uh, another one that didn't set the box office on fire. $10 million when it came out. Not not a not a big hit at all. Not a hit at all. <laughs> uh, $12 million adjusted for inflation. Still not a hit. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about Patrick Lussier. He began his career as an editor, and he worked on Wes Craven's latter films, including The New Nightmare and The Scream series. Uh, Nicolas Cage did this film because he wanted to be involved in what was then the new 3D craze. Some people see this as an unofficial Ghost Rider sequel. Critics were not kind to this movie, and one said that it is pure grindhouse, so committed to its own junkiness that it is, in its way, a pleasure to behold. Faith, (laughs) what did you think of Drive Angry? I surprisingly loved this movie. I didn't. Think I don't that, think that's surprising at all. Really? I think it's an entertaining. I mean, piece I, of work. I went. In, I mean, you described it to me, and I was like, okay, all right. Would you like to? Would you like to give a very brief synopsis of what this movie is about <laughs> for our listeners out there who who may? I, I'm gonna not get. Have I'm gonna say this. it the way you basically told me that he comes back from hell to save his granddaughter. Is that basically what you? Described? That is. Yes, he. <laughs> He plays John Milton. No, not to the writer of Paradise Lost, so this movie's deep. Um, (laughs) He comes out of hell to go save the life of his granddaughter, who is going to be sacrificed by a satanic cult. Yep, there you go. Mm -hmm. That is the plot of this movie. And this movie sticks to that plot. (laughs) It is, this movie is very entertaining, and I have not met many people who have seen this movie. The people that I know who have seen this movie, including my very good friend Cade and his cousins, everyone I know that has seen this movie is just crazy for it. Thinks it's it's a good movie. It's wonderful. Yeah. What uh, what were some thoughts you had while watching this? There you go, dropping stuff. There I, I go. I dropped something. <laughs> the movie is just fun. I like the I like the stunts of it. I like the action of it. I don't know. I thought. I mean, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. No. And uh, the it's thing fun. about, I mean, it's a fun movie. That I means it's very fun. I um, think that's what they they look like they were having fun, and that's this, 
this feels like a throwback to to the seventies, and in particular, like a Burt Reynolds car movie, and then like those kind of like B movie. Uh, you'd see these these cult pictures. You know, I say cult pictures, not they have a cult following, but they'd be about cults, and and they're escaping me right now. I've seen I've seen some of them, but this just feels like that. You know, it feels like Burt Reynolds could have been in this movie back in the day. You know, and. Uh, like I said, just such a sense of fun. And it also feels like the 1970s Marvel supernatural comics like Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider and the Tomb of Dracula and Blade comes out of those. It's just got that very kind of nutty comic book feel it to does. it. does. You know, it, it, and it's a lot of fun, too. That's what I was thinking the whole time. A lot of fun. <laughs> And, you know, I think part of the fun comes from, like you said, telling people what it's about. And, and that is... It does not stray from that. No. It, this is just trying to entertain you. I mean, when you. you told me what it was about, I was just like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting into. but This is a movie that starts with Nicolas Cage's character, John Milton, escaping from hell and ends with him drinking beer from the skull of his enemy. <laughs> this is what this movie is. And along the way, there is some very fun stuff. And this was released in 3D, so it kind of does make, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can tell it it was a 3D movie because some of the stuff mm-hmm. coming at you in the screen, you know, and they have some fun with it with the naked woman. I would have at one liked point. to have watched it in 3D. I would have liked to have seen it in 3D. I would like to see this on a big screen. I yeah. really, really would. Um, again, I can't I can't say enough how fun this movie is. Do you get why he did this movie? I get it. I totally get it. I th- why Cage did. I mean. Besides the 3D stuff, like, can you see what appealed to him in this movie could, when yeah. he read the script? Um, my buddy Cade said, Well, this is like the best of all of his action movies, like the Con Air with the hair. Then you got the car stuff with, um, you know, with Gone in 60 Seconds and then just kind of crazy, you know, horror stuff with Vampire's Kiss. You know, it's all kind of, it's all kind of there in this That's movie. That's a good point. <laughs> but with that said, we are going to find out does it stand up? Is it. How cagey is this performance? Let's because find out. the performance is not as cagey as Vampire's Kiss. In fact, he plays it kind of straight, mm-hmm. considering what is going on around him in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, and before before we get into that, I want to say William Fickner plays the accountant. He is a demon agent sent from hell to bring Nicolas Cage back. I thought he had maybe the best performance in the movie. What did you think of the accountant in this film? Yeah. I thought he was. Wonderful. He had some great lines. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a huge Amber Heard fan. Me she either, but she, wonderful. she didn't bother me in this movie. Wasn't she great in this? <laughs> she was. And uh, Billy Burke plays uh, Jonah, the cult leader. He's great. Everything's great in this movie. It's just a fun, fun movie. Not a movie that's going to change your life. Just a really good movie. No. So, Faith, let's go ahead. Let's score Drive Angry. All right. Go ahead. What did you have for movie? I actually gave this movie a four. I gave it a 3.5. Okay. I gave it a 3.5. I think I took off just because I felt like one part was just a little long. See, just... I would have also done that, but I didn't know we were given half scores. <laughs> that's okay. That's I really okay. I really like my answer at four, though. I like this that's, movie. That's, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for hair, I have this at a four on hair because this thing. <laughs> this thing. First off, he looks like Chad Kroger from he Nickelback. Does. It looks like something just crawled up on his head and died and and (laughs) was left out in the sun and then he's got those like blonde highlights happening and it's just like a dead ferret stapled to his head uh what did you score here on this i gave him a three 
I guess you weren't as impressed with the hair as I was. Um, I liked it, but you know. Uh, let's see. Voice. Where did you land on voice? I gave him a three. Uh, I was going to give him a three, but there is a line early in the movie that he delivers in an Elvis voice mm-hmm. after delivering the previous line in a surfer voice. So the two lines back to back are this guy that he has a gun on says, I don't know where the girl is. And he says, I know. <laughs> and then he turns around and he looks at the other guy and says, where's a baby girl? <laughs> Just like Elvis. That's why I scored it a four. But. He plays it pretty, it's pretty straight here, pretty monotone yeah. for the most part. Um, face, where'd you go on face? <laughs> I gave it a one. I gave it a two because there was one scene where he went, he kind of let it go, <laughs> where I think he was talking about being in hell or something uh, when he was in the car and he goes, I just walked in and I grabbed it, you know, like, it's just like that, you know, <laughs> and the eyes are wide and I saw the flash of vampires kiss hair, so I gave it the half. Um, All right. But uh, no, he played it pretty, pretty stone faced. And finally, the cage factor. How do you score the cage factor here? I gave him a three. I gave it a two five. Um, I gave it a three. I think for the the whole sake of this character in general, I think you know, it's an out there character. It's out there. <laughs> Um, I think this movie really represents him as a person, just kind of out yeah. there and nutty and and uh, you know, uh, I, I there was a part of me that's like, man, I kind of because this. Vampire's Kiss is such a winner in so many departments when it comes to Cage. I was like, I'd like to see Drive Angry sneak past it, but it <laughs> it didn't. I th- it had a chance. I thought it had a chance, but uh, this was I, I like this movie better. Uh, did you? This I like, was a more yeah. entertaining watch, at mm-hmm. least. Um, so my total on Vampire's Kiss came to three point five nicks. Mm-hmm. And my total on Drive Angry is 3.2 nicks. And what did you have them at? I had 3.4 for Vampire's Kiss and 2.8 for Drive Angry. And if we total and average those up, what do we come out with? Vampire's Kiss comes to 3.45 nicks. And Drive Angry is at 3 nicks. 3 nicks. So our winner... Is Vampire's Our Kiss. Our winner will face the winner <laughs> of next week's films. Are you shocked at who this winner is? I was not shocked. <laughs> I was not shocked. Not not shocked at all. Um, so our, it's going to face the winner of National Treasure and Face Off. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a really good matchup. Now, I have a feeling it's going to be Face Off. Probably. But... So you're looking at face off going up against Vampire's Kiss to get into the uh, into the finals there. So for this for this bracket, this is this is fun. I'm in, I'm enjoying this. So this is Cage Match Monday. If you have any thoughts on this or on our scoring, please let us know. We are on the World Wide Web at www.latenightfright.com, and we are on Instagram at the Late Night Fright Podcast. And Faith is on at I'm a Normal Alien. We have a bumper. We're gonna play it at the end of the show, so so you can get that and write it down, mm-hmm. so you don't so you can get in touch with us, right? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, Faith, anything else to add about Drive Angry or Vampire's Kiss? I think I'm good. Do you have anything else? I'm I had that's it. I'm looking forward to uh, National Treasure and Face Off. <laughs> Me too. We're gonna this is fun. This, this is, is fun. a lot of fun. So well until then, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your Nick. Oh Nick. Oh. On a leash. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you on the other side.
Dan. And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side.